Welcome to The Travelling Senorita, episode 101. I rounded 100 this week and I made a promise that I would bring uh, a wonderful musician who's a friend and somebody I've known for a long time. It's over a decade or two, I'd say, and he is in a band called Tijuana Cartel amongst another band, Black Rabbit George, and his name is Paul George. Um, Always wanted to get his story out there. Uh, growing up as a young musician. He's been a musician all his life. So please welcome today, Paul George. G'day, Paul. G'day, Kylie. Thanks for having us. Oh, no worries, buddy. You're in uh, Melbourne town. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm here with the, the band. We've got a few shows on um, this weekend. And um, yes, first time I've been in Melbourne for a couple of years, really. That really makes my heart sing because, you know, you and I share the love of the creative industries and we've chosen it as our vocation if you like and it's been smashed in the last couple of years and it's just been so heart-wrenching to watch but I guess through trauma comes you know relief somewhere along the line I feel like you playing in Melbourne um, is the start of that journey. Yeah it's true I mean we've been trying to get here through the whole you know every time we think it's going to open up um, so to actually finally make it Um, but the fact it's taken this long is is pretty full-on as well but yeah it does feel like you know, no one wants to get too excited, but maybe that kind of life is starting up again. Yeah, we've got to make it happen, mate. What's the world without what? What's the world without art and creatives? There is no world without art and creatives. So now, right. I, I want to take you back to when you were a young boy, where you grew up, and how you met one of your uh, uh, collaborators in the other part of Tijuana Cartel, the wonderful Kerry. So let's talk about you growing up on the coast. Yeah, sure. Where did, um, where did you grow up? In, you know, <laughs> I, well, I moved up from Canberra, um, probably about, I guess, whatever the first, last year of primary school, I suppose, um, and then uh, I, I went to Narang High School, and that's where I met Kerry, um, yeah, way back in, I don't know what that would be, like 1991 or something like that. Yeah, and was that a day um, that you, like, you remember, like, just meeting this young dude and thinking this is going to be my buddy? Uh, the way I remember it is that, like, I remember that... I mean, I don't even know we were close friends to start with. I was playing guitar and he had a very, I mean, back then it was very basic. We had uh, Amiga computers. I think we were only two people in school that had them. <laughs> and he had a little, he had this little sound card thing, which um, which could sample for, I think, something like eight seconds at a very low quality, eight, eight bit, I think it was. And in this program, which um, I don't know, for geeks it's called um, Optimed Pro. And it's a very basic, you know, intro to um, music software. Yeah. So I was really fascinated with that. So we'd kind of trade. I'd, I'd um, show him some guitarists and he'd sort of show me how to use the um, the computer in, in that way. So we kind of bonded over, I guess, music geekery to start with, you know. And how, so how old were you guys then? We would have been, yeah, first year of high school, I believe is 12. So yeah, 12 or 13, I think. Yeah, and yeah. we're talking like early 90s, did you say? Yeah, yeah, probably 1991. Yeah, because I'm just a wee bit older than you. I would have been hanging out in London then, just starting to listen to the first electronic synth style of music that I'd heard, like from Massive Attack and Tricky and Olive and those type of things. I hadn't heard that style before. Um, I guess that's when you guys were starting to experiment as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we had, you know, I wish I could find, we had... I don't know, dozens of discs just full of these little songs that we made. I mean, there would be hundreds of songs that we made uh, through sort of the first few years of high school, but we've sort of lost them all since. But, um, 
Yeah, we got really hooked on it. You know, and you could do little things like making, you know, turning your voice backwards and um, we, we'd like sample the cat or something and turn that into a beat or you know, just or the, sort of what were exciting things for teenagers. Yeah, so and how did you um, become a musician and, you know, start playing guitar and playing around with it? Do you have somebody in your family that inspired you or is it just something you picked up as a kid? It's just something I picked up as a kid. Um, it was also something I really got into in high school, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, the people I was hanging out with, Kerry and other people at school, were all kind of obsessed with music and everybody wanted to be in sort of, you know, I think I wanted to be in sort of Kurt Cobain or... Um, <laughs> and so so this the idea of playing a guitar. was It just seemed like a cool thing, you know, it wasn't... Um, I had musicians in the family, but not none that I was close to, so I didn't really, really sort of learn it through, through there. Um, but it, it began with that, just the excitement of playing those kind of songs that were exciting for a teenage boy, I think. So it's just, it's always I mean, about who you hang out with, isn't it? Like, it's like your tribe. If You obviously fell into the right school and, and the right group of people that were, um, you know, inspired by the creatives. Yeah, that's right. It just seemed like a fun thing to do. It wasn't really, I mean, that's a great thing. You know, I find that harder when, you know, as an adult, you take up something new. It, it, you, I don't know, I, my brain starts thinking, well, what am I going to use this for? Or why am I doing this? But when you're at that age, it's kind of just exciting. You know, it's fun to think that you might be, I don't know, in Guns N' Roses or something. It's just all fantasy and it's all new and exciting. It's um, it's a good time. Well, you know, it's it's a great part of your story because I just love the way that you and Kerry... Um You've got other musicians in the band too, which we can give a shout out to. But I love the way that you and Kerry have just always held that, a duo, if you like, of a better word, really. Like you've just been this really dynamic duo on stage and as as friends and collaborators. And it started at a really young age and I can see how um, you've stayed together. I mean, you know, there's a lot of always, what are they cited as? Creative differences when people split up. But you guys have just been able to keep it together. What's the secret to that? I don't know. I mean, I think that's probably all Kerry, really. He's quite a, um, like, he has a, a big leeway for people. Like, I think I can be quite quite difficult sometimes, but he's, he's like one of those people that he just doesn't argue or um, he's just very patient, I think. So he's, he's a good partner in that way. I mean, we did go through a little period where we used to bicker, but I think we've got to a point now where we're like an old married couple. Like, we don't, <laughs> and we don't even really say, say goodbye or hello to each other. We just kind of walk in the room. <laughs> Do our thing, you know, and then leave. It's um, it's great. We're, we're, I think we're more like an old married couple than a, um, a you know, a creative duo and something. I love a lot it. Of respect. You don't feel the need to feel the fill the spaces with words. You can just hang. Yeah, that's it. It's nice. I mean, it's been you know, it's honest. It makes me feel pretty old. But it's probably been, I guess, thirty over thirty years since we've been we started it. You know, a few decades. So I remember um, <laughs> when I moved to the coast. Uh, 20 years ago, I saw you guys, because I was always in search of tunes, having live music, having grown up in Melbourne, and then I spent some time in Sydney where I didn't find, you know, there was one or two, the Annandale, there wasn't the the venues that I was used to growing up. But when I moved to the coast, I remember sourcing it out. One of the ones was uh, finding um, Stringman Sassy at the Elephant Rock Cafe, which I was super stoked that they were playing this beautiful gig there and then the other one was at I can't remember the name of it but it was underneath the Burley Surf Club what was the name of that place on the right on the water oh not the Burley, Sur- the Burley. 
what was it called? Oh, oh Mermaid's, Mermaid's Cafe. That, that'd yeah, be. yeah. So mm-hmm. we would sit out yeah. on the side there on the sand, literally, and you guys were playing with Adam on percussion. And I just thought, I, just, I don't know, the name got me in first and foremost because I got a total love of Mexico and obsessed with anything to do with Latin anything so i was like right we're gonna go and check out these and i think it was the three of you um with adam on um percussion would i be right yeah that would be correct yeah yeah we used to do that that was um john yeah that was always great Uh, john who owned the the restaurant and uh, robbie before him they were both very open to us kind of experimenting and doing whatever we wanted to do so yeah we always used to sit up in the corner there and um just, you know, we'd write songs during the week and then play them there on the weekends. Yeah, it was great. So was that kind of the start of Tijuana Cartel or was it before that? Talk me through how it all came about and the name as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, we used to do it like as a duo. We call ourselves Gitano. Um, and it was it was just sort of two guitars. And then, uh, then we started introducing the, the electronics. And then we kind of, as we got a bit more experimental and people started dancing, we sort of started bringing other people in and out and then we that's when we kind of started calling it Tijuana Cartel, I suppose. And um, yeah, and that's, that's it all kind of happened fairly organically at the start. I think at one stage we actually went to a jam night somewhere and needed a name and, and put that on the blackboard kind of thing and then got stuck with it. Love so it. yeah, that's sort of how it happened, but it's sort of, I can't even remember how it formed, if I'm honest. It just, yeah, sort of came about. Which is the best way. Um, and so did you, because you're, you're an amazing um, flamenco guitarist, what's your affiliation with with the Latin style? Yeah, I mean, that comes out, I mean, it's something I've thought about recently because I always wonder how I ended up there. But I think it, it comes from, you know, around our house, I always had a, a nylon string guitar. And then my stepfather was Greek, so it was always Greek music playing. And I, I, I think I sort of started copying that for fun and then putting some of that in the songs. But because it was on a flamenco guitar that I'm playing, it just had that Mediterranean sound, I suppose. So it's not, you know, it wasn't stri- strictly flamenco. But then um, that seemed to be what, you know, when I played that sort of guitar, people, I guess people connected with it. Or, or to be honest, it started getting, you know, people would say, come and play at my restaurant or something like that. So I, I saw a way that I could make it work. And that's kind of how that started. And then... I think over the years, I, I just got really into flamenco guitar from from that beginning. I, you know, I started realizing that just how what what amazing. I mean, it's just so deep that style of music. It's it's, it's endless, so it's was, it's was pretty easy to get hooked on. It's like you're channeling something. It's because when I watch you play flamenco, you you are it's an extension of your arm. Like it's almost as though you've got it. I don't know a Spanish past life. Have you spent much time in Spain? Uh, I, I'll go over, you know, now and then when I can. Um, a couple of times I've gone down to Granada. There's some good flamenco schools. So I'll go and to study and, and jam with the people there and, you know, I get really into it. Um, uh, so, yeah, it is something. Um, I don't know if I feel... It's it's funny, you know, because you do... You're learning a style in a sense that's not your culture. Yeah, so yeah. I feel hooked into it. But, um, you know, I feel like... I always feel like an outsider in that sense, but not in a bad way. I mean, and the flamenco players that I do play with, they're very open. It's not like they're, you know, you shouldn't be playing this or anything, but I can never play it like they can. There is something, I mean, for instance, um, there was one guy I was getting lessons from and it really drove it home because we, we did an hour lesson where I'm learning, they call it compass, which is the kind of the, the clave or the beat, you know, and you clap in 12s and it's just kind of, it can be an odd rhythm to learn. 
Mm. And um, towards the end of the lesson, just as I'm just getting it, his um, family comes back and they've got like maybe a three-year-old daughter and she walks in and she's clapping it and she's walking it through the door like perfectly, you know. And I, and I realize that like as much as I am in it, as much as I love it, there is something that I'll never, you know, I wasn't born with it the way they are. So it's in some ways I'm interested and obsessed in it. I think I get my own style and flavor from that way, but I, I'm also not. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, you know what? It really does make... Because well, you know that I think that I'm Spanish, travelling senorita. I, I just yeah. have always had this Spanish heart. And I have got a little bit in there from my nana way, way back. But it's more than that. And every time I kind of like, you know, opened up Pablo Pablo, the Spanish restaurant, which you played at, Flamenco, yeah. of course. Yeah. Who else would play Flamenco there? Oh, other than Felicity Lawless, you and her. Um, but, you know, yeah. I just always like, and I've been there, you know, quite a few times. I've lived around that Basque area, but I've, I've made a bit of a, um, a mission, I'm, I'm hoping, in 2022 where I can actually go over and live in a language school for three months because exactly of what you just said. Like, I feel like I can speak a little Spanish, but, you know, I'm kind of pissed off that I wasn't born in Spain. <laughs> but I'm going to make yeah. a, a mission to not fly through there anymore and just... You know, when you said Granada and the flamenco school, straight away I just thought of Barceloneta and the language school that I want to just hang in for a few months. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and I don't know, but yeah, I guess what we have to do is, like I said, you're channeling something from the Spanish past. So maybe we just need to think of that and not think that we're, um, uh, what's the word? Imposters. <laughs> Spanish imposters. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think it's, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're amigos. Don't worry, mate. We've, we've got it going on. So hopefully when I'm over there, because sometimes I find I'm somewhere and you guys are playing, it's usually quite weird. And I'm almost sure a few years ago I was in Spain and I just missed you by a whisker. So hopefully you might be going to Spain next year. I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. Probably. Oh, possibly. Uh, we're, you know, at this stage we're booked for... um. We'll do a few shows in Germany and, and France. Yeah. Because um, dance goes best there. But if, if I do go over, I'll definitely stop in Spain. For a, oh, mate, I'm going to see know. you there. That, I can feel that already. That 2022 has got a lot of magic around it. Hey, speaking of which, how good is the opening night for Blues Fest? Down the road, it's poor old blues. It's been up and down and round and round, but it's like a resilient... It's a resilient beast and it's bouncing back with gusto with you guys and Cat Empire. Tell me how you felt when you heard the news of that. Oh, well, we were very stoked because um, we haven't played uh, blues for quite a few years and we used to play there every year. Um, so we thought they were just sort of over us. And then, um, yeah, then when we got that, the word of that, we were pretty stoked. And for the last, for Cat Empire's last gig, with the original lineup, that's, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting, really. Uh, so it's going to be a big night. I can't control my excitement for you. Like, I'm just, like, stoked. I, I just, yeah. And, I mean, it's got uh, Caravana Sun as well, those guys are playing. Yeah, that's right. Those guys from Sydney. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of um, trumpets, actually, when I think about it. I mean, our, our band's got, you know, we featured trumpet and Caravana Sun and, and um, Can Empire, of course. So, yeah, it'd be a big... Um, It'd be oh, a big night, really. Maybe you'll all just immerse together on the stage at the end and go nutso. Well, that'd, that'd be good. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't suggest it. I'd, I'd wait for the invite from um, Ken Oh, no, Pyre. no, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I remember those guys growing up in Melbourne 
We used to go to a place. I don't know if I've told you this, but I used to. We used to go to a place called the Night Cat um, in Johnson Street. Yeah. You're probably where are you staying yeah. at the moment? Where are you? Give me a. Give me uh, a... We're in Brunswick, so we're not too far from the Night Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. So we yeah. used to go there like at three a.m. after we'd been everywhere else, um, at the corner, and you know, like the Central Club, and then we're like, right, we'll go to, we'll end up a punters club was usually the last stop, and then we'd be like, oh, where else? And then there was Night Cat, and there was all the guys from the con just jamming right and that was those guys that was actually cat empire's start to forming as students isn't that crazy like i remember at the time thinking you know at 3 a.m in the morning probably not too much thinking but feeling this this vibe to keep me awake and then late not that long after or something i remember yeah someone said oh that was all the guys from the con that were forming cat empire yeah. I just find that unbelievable when you see them, like, playing the opening at the G for the AFL Grand Final and, you know, I just, I love it. I love their story. I think, you know, similar to yeah. you guys, they've got a real connection. Um, you can tell that they dig each other. I think it's great to call it now and, and do their last shows and, yeah, I'm just excited that they um, also wanted you guys to be part of that. It's super special. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm, yeah, I'm really glad that they... Um... I guess it, they picked us. I'm not sure how that happened, but um, yeah, we're we'll, pretty... We'll just say that they picked you. They would have. Yeah, they love you yeah, guys. Always, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and I've always loved that band too, just for that. Um, I don't know, you know, um, I forget the name of the trumpet player, actually. Um, Harry. Oh, Jane. Harry. Yeah, you would have met the guys before, right? Yeah, a few times. And I'd always go see, um, you know, those, those jazz party nights. Like, um, if, if I see his name on a poster, I'll always go see what he does. He does... Like such a diverse range from you know folk music to jazz to to the Cat Empire stuff. Like he's a pretty amazing musician, I think. It's on, yeah. yeah, I find it inspiring. Great and, lyricist as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and also has that real. Yeah, you know, he's got such an original Australian flavour to it, even though it's um all those influences of Latin and jazz, and it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool. They're really unique. Um, there'll be tears that night for sure, buddy. Now let's talk about um, and yeah. dancing. Um, let's talk about uh, your band, your current band, and the format that it's in right now. Yeah, the Tijuana Cartel. Yeah, well, sorry, yeah, we've got Black Rabbit George too. Let's let's start with um, Tijuana Cartel and who's playing in that at the yeah, moment. Sure. Uh, yeah, so of course myself and uh, Kerry, and then um, at the moment we've uh, it's been difficult with you know Sheila and um, who usually plays percussion for us. Um, so we've got this other guy Nui who's Moroccan guy who li- who's, lives in Melbourne now so he's been playing percussion and he's great he's um he's yeah just a phenomenal musician is that because Sheila's in uh, Queensland sorry is that because Sheila's in Queensland yeah well Sheila's in New South Wales and the borders are, oh, well the borders are still shut yeah and then the, the back she's not so keen on that so you know sort of difficult then to tour yeah um so we've kind of had to find ways around it until that sorts itself out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the band through this period has been changed a lot. Um, and then we've got a few different trumpet players that we use. Um, all of them really good. Like what we're sort of trying to do now is obviously it always be Carrie and myself and, and Sheila technically. Um, and then all the other the other musicians we get, we kind of swap and change depending, you know, on which state we're playing at. And, That's great. Um, that kind of fits well for us, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So you guys have also had a few gigs in WA. You've got a real affiliation over there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We seem probably the most popular over there for, for Australia, I think. Um, yeah, so we have a few players over there too. Um, 
Yeah, it's good. There's great musicians everywhere in Australia, so we're realising that we can kind of, this is a good way to get to, to play with them. I can't think of the name of the band that I saw. That's It's it's what you're doing on a global stage. stage. I just can't, you, you might remember them. And they grab musicians from all over the world, wherever they play. Oh, freedom, oh yeah. yeah. Is it Freedom um, of the People or something? Something like that? I don't know what project you're talking about, but it's, yeah, I can't think of the something name. Something project, yeah. That same thing, though. They, they literally do what you're doing, but on the global level where they just pick up musicians along the way. And I saw them at Blues with yeah. all of the musicians together, and it was just like, wow, these guys are next level. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Maybe that's what you can do next year, buddy. Go and pick up some in Germany and Spain and France and just keep going. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because the thing is, when you get off this island, you just don't know when you're allowed back, right? <laughs> well, who knows? What's going to be thrown at us in the next couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what's the what is the um, uh, the popularity in WA? Where does that stem from? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, I think to start with when we first went going, there just wasn't, a, you know, there wasn't bands doing what we were doing. We just had a good run. Like, we always seem to get a good venue with a good sound system. I noticed that helps us a lot is, like, you know, if we, we can play in venues where the sound's good, people will come back next time. Like, it's a, it's a lot with that. Mm. Whereas um, I think it was longer on the East Coast because we'd often just play in, you know, we'd bring our own PA or something and play in the back of a pub somewhere and, like, all those sort of things just... You know, in hindsight, I realise what a difference they make. So we just had a good run in, in WA. Mm, that's great. And so with um, the coast, because that is your home, like that's where you've grown grown up and you've, you know, remained on the Gold Coast, which I love because you've obviously been able to sustain as a musician. Um, how do you feel, like, do you call the coast home and do you find there's enough, uh, you know, live music venues and gigs that you can go to in Brisbane and what have you to keep you going? Yeah, I mean, I find, um, you know, so I'm in Palm Beach on the Gold Coast and I think I find, you know, I, I, there's, there's a few gigs on the Gold I mean, obviously, we mainly tour, but then I do, I'll do i do gigs when we're not on tour. So I'm just sort of between Byron, Gold Coast, Brisbane and Sunshine Coast. Um, so I find the Gold Coast is kind of a good spot for that. Like, I can just get straight yeah. on the highway and get to where I need to go. So, yeah. yeah especially I'm enjoying- when that pesky border's open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One week, I think. When does it open? I think. Oh, Monday, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know. I told. Yeah. I don't know if we're living. I don't know if I told you, but we live half. Well, I was meant to live half the time in West End, so in Brisbane, and oh, right. half down in Northern New South. So then I decided to live six months. Last six months, I've been living in West End, um, which has oh, been cool. really great because I'm back in uh, Northern New South at the moment, but. It's just been really cool to, I feel like I'm back in that area that you're in right now in Brunswick. So there's a real melting pot of of multiculturalism, live music venues. I walk everywhere. I don't drive my car. And I'm just feeling like I'm back in Melbourne again, but I'm in Brisbane on the river. But, you know, and that's not writing Brisbane off for it's not having its own authenticity because through that I've started to learn the history more of Brisbane as a city. Um, and there's a really good podcast that Batuta Advocate did with um, Bernard Fanning recently. And he talks oh, yeah. about early days, regatta, you know, where they've one of their first gigs. And the regatta oh, hotel. Oh, yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll send it to you. There's a really good podcast. And op, directly opposite where I live in West End, because we're on the river there, is the regatta hotel. So I keep, I kind of keep walking along the river and learning more about the venues and the musical history. And literally, when I go across the river, I go across the go-between bridge, which is, you know, the go-between. So there's so much yeah. rich musical 
history there um, that I'm loving. And I feel like it is similar to Melbourne like that. Uh, it just happens to be in a different state. Uh, another place is the Triffid, the old, um, not uh, the air, the airport hangar. The, sorry, I think it's a air, aeroplane hangar. You know the Triffid in Brisbane? Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that spot, yeah. Yeah, so Carl, Carl S. Williams, Carl Williams was playing there with... Um, George Bam Bam, what have you, recently. So I kind of just took off on the little electric scooter and caught up with those guys. And I just, I feel like there's a vibe going on in Brizzy, which makes me so happy for any of the musicians on the coast because that's such an easy way for you guys to, you know, sustain as musicians from the coast to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's cool. Are you feeling yeah, it? No, I, um, yeah, there is, yeah, there's just great venues opening up, which seems to make all the difference, I think, you know. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty half of it. People like going to a place, and then bands can then you know it kind of they they work symbiotically. So there just seems to be yeah periods where these venues sort of come into existence and musicians do well. Yeah, them. that's right. Well, and it's things like um, and it reminds me of Brunswick Street, but Boundary Street's got like the bearded lady has this throw together on a Sunday afternoon, and then on a Tuesday night, uh, you know, it, it's always got live music going on, and I just think. It's got the door cover charge, which means the punter pays as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just, I feel like it's old school, but I feel like it's been there for a long time and I've just realised it. Um, but it's really, yeah, it's really cool. And I think, you know, for, for live music, it's alive and kicking. And, yeah, I'm hoping to see Tijuana Cartel in Brisbane soon, Paulie. Yeah, well, we're, I think we're at the zoo soonish. Um, oh, classic. I can't <laughs> Yeah. And what about River Stage? You'd be River Stage, wouldn't you? I don't know how many, you know, I, 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 we, I'd try it. I mean, that's quite a few thousand though, isn't it? I'm not sure whether we'd get that much. Yeah, um, you would, mate. Particularly if we could get you supporting, like, another Cat Empire. Um, oh, yeah, get us across the line, yeah. What a great venue uh, River Stage is. Like, have you seen a venue like that, literally? It is such a... No, it's great. Yeah, I think I went to see um, last band I saw there was Chemical Brothers, actually, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Do you know what, man? Um, I reckon I'm just putting it out there. Like, I feel like flight facilities need another um, support for them. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good one. There we go. Let's well, put... <laughs> is it? I've heard that they're on Gold Coast based as well. That... Yeah, yeah. Get onto no. it, buddy. You can get onto it. You know how to work yeah. your magic. And if you can't, I'll try we know people that I'm know people. Yeah, I've got the networking skills of a like, grey carpet. So, I know, I'll give it a shot. I'll send a message. You say that, but you do all right, my friend. Um, so now we talked about you living in Palm Beach. You have sustained as a full-time musician. That is your career. You haven't really – you've done a couple of little odd jobs here and there, but you have been a full-time musician pretty much all your life. <laughs> Uh, is, yeah. Is there? Does do you see that right up until the end, buddy, or have you got any other plans? No. Um, you know, I've been doing these little sort of units, um, you know, units and stuff. I, I could see myself studying for fun, but I, I don't see myself doing anything but um, but music. I did think of it through COVID. And I actually originally thought, well, this might be a good um, good excuse to have a proper break because we haven't had one for forever. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I didn't really. I just kept practicing and um i finished three albums and uh it's really? kind of yeah I, if i wake up that's all i want to do still and it still feels i still feel like i've only been doing it for a couple of years so oh, you know it boy. still feels fresh. i love that tell me about the albums um well i did i started a new project to called paul a george um just because paul george was taken but um 
and that sort of it's more electronic it's electronic but sort of chilled still got my sort of latin flamenco guitar um and that's been good I've, i've actually almost finished the second album for that and i did a black rabbit george one which is the sort of folk uh psychedelic thing i've got and we finished a tijuana cartel one as well so yeah it's been a lot of uh a lot of music made actually i mean i imagine that's similar uh story for a lot of musicians so there'll be a lot of amazing stuff coming out yeah that's what i mean 2022 is going to have some pumping shows and um albums coming out because people have had time to create and i guess that's the key isn't it when you're touring all the time you still need that studio time where you lock yourself away and you've got two years to do that yeah that's right yeah And, but were you? How did you sustain though? Like through that period, were you able to perform anywhere or rely on Spotify? What were you, what was happening for you? Uh, well, you know, it was difficult. We had a little bit of help from the government for the start there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spotify is not really going to pay anyone's um, mortgage. Oh, That's actually why uh, I said that, Paulie, so that you would say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 How does no, it work? How does that work? How does Spotify work? I'm really interested in this. Uh, well, I don't even know. You know, sometimes I read those things. I don't. You get like point two percent or something like that per play. I'm not sure how it gets divvied out. We just um for us, we do it through like a, a an aggregate website where it gets uploaded, and then I I just check on how much we've made every month, and then sort of you know Carrie and I split it. We, we, we've had so many projects and things over the years that having a lot of songs on there has helped a little bit. So we do get, you know, there is something. Um, but it's not nearly the same as when we used to sort of sell CDs before then. You know, we, we probably could have lived off the CD sales for a while, but um, it's just, you know, industry's changed completely. Uh, I've actually been looking into making a, um, I, mean, I don't know if it's a good concept or not, but, you know, if you're into electronic music particularly, often you can just be really obsessed with one label or, or you know, a few artists. And I was thinking about actually starting a kind of like a Spotify, I guess, but as, as a record label in a sense and just having maybe there's only 30 artists on there or something and it's, it's four dollars a month. And, you know, I'm thinking about sort of trying to start that. As I love a, that idea. Has anyone you know, done that? It's like an indie version of Spotify, like an independent version with integrity yeah. and care for... That's what, I think that might work personally, but sort of boutique, rather than just having every band in the world, it's sort of curated to this, you know, and then you know you're supporting um, this particularly, either, you know, all these artists, really. I, I mean, I know I'd, if it was good, I'd, I'd, I feel like I'd be happy to pay five bucks a month for something a- like absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know? and if it's a genre that you're into, and you know what it reminds me of, we're on the podcast right now on this platform, which I don't, I've chosen not to make this a monetary thing for me. It's literally content yeah. storytelling that goes with other puzzles that I have. And I don't really want to, I mean, you know, I'm, I could always, I don't never say never, but I'm not really into kind of, I don't want ads. That's just definitely what I don't want, but maybe endorsing products that I believe in down the track. But the other way to do it is Luminary, which is Russell Brand. I don't know if you listen to him much, but he just always gets my my non-metaphysical brain going (laughs) and he (laughs) talks a lot about uh, Luminary. So he he put his uh, podcast on that platform and that's similar to what you're saying. It's now grown, but it was meant to kind of be more independent of a genre of podcast that you like. So you just pay like a Spotify subscription, but it's to Luminary. Um, And then that way, instead of us all, you know, once again, listening to podcasts on Spotify for free, or Apple, you're actually paying a you know a boutique community of podcasts. So 
think that's great. Yeah. I think it's similar to what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would have assumed there would be platforms out there, but have you not noticed there's that many that are doing that? No, I don't know of any. You know, I know there's lots of, you know, versions of Spotify, but they're basically just Spotify. Yeah. Um, so there isn't, you know, and it's not like, you know, with movies, I'm, I mean, I've actually, like, particularly through COVID, I've got like, I don't know, I've got Netflix, Stan, Binge, like so many yeah. subscriptions. Crazy, but yeah, it's, it's crazy that we don't have that for music. It's like, you know, you only need one subscription and you've got every song ever, ever made. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I guess that's the thing is it's easy to stamp your feet and just blame Spotify, but yeah. they've got the monopoly. So I mean, the, the only real way to sort of beat it is competition, I guess. And know? would you start like locally with something like that? Because the other thing that I think that's come out of this pandemic is particularly with food which I do a lot of writing about these days is you know sustainability of food from the ground up so buying local literally from the farm out the back would you do that with music as well in the sense of like gather you know 12 of you sort of your crew together and and then do that or would you look at global yeah no this is what I was well to start with and maybe even to keep it that way I thought um there is like or even genre-wise, like there's us, there's the band Ochre on the Sunshine Coast and there's a few, um, Moontide and Byron, which is this, all this kind of electronic, uh, organic sort of, um, you know, ethnic-influenced music, but there's a similarity to it. Yeah. So I thought ultimately, I mean, I haven't actually asked any of these bands, but mm. what I'd like to do is that, to, you know, to probably have maybe, yeah, 10 to 12 artists that are they're all local with, with this, you know, something that, that ties their sounds in. Um, really like it. And start with that. Yeah. Yeah, I love the integrity behind it. In fact, I'd really love to talk to you further about it, Paulie. I think it's a really, yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool. Just, you know, like I, none of this shit is scripted. I was just Spotify and I was like, I want to know Paulie's version on Spotify, literally off the cuff there. Um, but then yeah. you've just gone off on that and I just, yeah, really, I think that's the new earth, man. I think that's the way forward. I think we've just got to, like, as you said, we can't whinge about these big multinationals. We've just got to actually... You know, ourselves, but yeah. people are pretty. Stable. You see that with like, yeah, just in you know, farmers markets, like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure people will appreciate it. Yeah. Well, working down here, I, we just finished the artisan food weekend, which was so lucky to get across the. Um, it had been postponed, but we were just doing. Um, we just did it two weeks ago. It was ten venues, chefs and farmers down in the Northern Rivers, yeah, right. and it was just so. Yeah, I mean, everybody. The tickets sold out. It was fruitful. Excuse the pun, but it just. You know what I mean? Like it just. <laughs> I could see how we had everything we needed in every single venue. Yeah. We didn't need anything. We had live music. We had food. We had, um, we don't do wine here, but we had, you know, gin, rum, beer. <laughs> we had the best exotic fruits from around the world. And I just thought if if we were all just locked in, which we literally were right now, we'd, we'd be okay. So it's it's kind of the same concept in a different way. I like it a lot. Yeah, um, very cool. And I'm really glad you mentioned Oka, mate, because I was going to say to you, if you're back on the coast next week, um, my birthday just happens to be the night that Oka are playing a free gig at the Kingy Pub, and we are all going because we want to celebrate life, and Oka's playing. <laughs> How good is that? Well, that's great. Well, I might, um, might have to come down. Yeah, Sounds good. we would love that. We'd love it. So it's the 16th of December. Now, before I leave you, what a great journey you have, and I, I love the way that it's just started my friend you're not going anywhere fast so well you are going somewhere fast but you're not changing you're not changing anything that you're doing you're just uh getting better and better i didn't really touch on black rock rabbit george so just tell me a little bit about that that band uh yeah well that sort of started off as kind of a um 
uh, folk, uh, psychedelic folk, I think I was calling it. But it, it's sort of um, what I found is it's, I'm doing more and more sort of flamenco and classical pieces live. And so I've been pushing that a little bit, actually, and playing a bit with yeah, Felicity Lawless from the Gold Coast, too. Yep. And those shows have been going really well. People seem to really love them. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about it at the moment, like maybe plan to do a little tour um, down the East Coast um, sometime next year. So, yeah, sort of all starting to happen. Yeah, great. Well, I reckon that's a brizzy venue for you too. So let's connect on that level as well. Yeah, cool. I love awesome. that. Absolutely love that. So I always end the podcast with who and where inspires you. Like it could be who Mother Earth and it can be where the world or you can refine oh, it down. Yeah. So um, who and where, people and place in the world inspires you, Paul George? Oh, uh, who? Um, other artists, I guess. Yep. And where? Well, I should stick with, um, I'll, I'll say it's Seville or something. You know, <laughs> Spain. Yeah, I love that. I will see you in Seville next year. I love um, other artists. So just, and again, before you go, because I asked um, Carl this as well, like what's a, a musician or a genre of music other than Latino? What is music that you love or a musician that really gets you going these uh, days? I mean, I, I've been listening to, oh, I mean, so much stuff. Um, uh, God, um, El Bujo I've been listening to a lot lately, sort of um, South American electronica. Oh, I'm going to get um, my laughing gear around that, yeah? Yeah, uh, if, if you... Type that into, you know, Nicola Cruz as well, that, that kind of stuff, the sort of down-tempo electronica. I've had a long period of that. Uh, but I've also been listening to a lot of old, um, old well, older classical guitarists, John Williams and oh, things like that. I love it. So, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of music pretty broadly. I probably listen to mostly electronic, and but also have a real penchant for um, JJ Kale and and, um, and that kind of 70s, uh, I don't know what you call it, kind of you know, um, stone or rock or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking blues. Well, I was thinking blues first right then. But we'll be, um, we'll be, we'll be hanging out at blues. That's for sure. And yeah, say send my love to Kerry and good luck with the gigs tonight. I wish I was in Melbourne. I've missed you by a week, but we will catch up in Brisbane. I've got this feeling about it. So um, let's let's have yeah. a coffee on the coast, my friend. And thank you so much for your time today. All right, thanks, Carla. It's good to chat. You too. Ciao, ciao. Adios, amigos. Adiós. Adiós. <laughs>